You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. So, I knew about this film a year ago. Eric, I don't know if you remember this, but I sent you an on-set photo of Emma Stone as Cruella. And I was like, oh, she's going to be banging in this role. Um, that's what I was right about. She was banging. Other than that, yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, we're talking about Cruella. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Uh, questioning your, uh, your word choice there, but I agree with you. Nonetheless, you did call it out, Jordan. Uh, flat out, she nailed the role. I was going into this movie wanting, maybe, or expecting to not like it, to hate it. Disney is not on a good run lately with the, a lot of their adaptations that they're doing or their continuations or just the increasing the world of whatever IP that they still own, which is basically every fairy tale. It's something that seemed like it was set up for failure. And without this being related to, to the Dalmatians at all, which really it made little reference to, there were some there. This was a, on standalone. This was a, a good movie. I enjoyed this. It seems to be getting good reviews online. It's got like a 7.4 on IMDb. It seems to be pretty well received amongst uh, well critics and viewers alike. Uh, let's let's talk about it. You you called it. Uh, also, the director uh, Craig Gillespie, he, uh, another uh, director who's got a pretty good track record as well, set up to do Corella Two as well. Yeah, so you and I cannot cannot be on opposite ends here. I don't think this is a good movie. I think this is a very very bad movie, actually. Um, I oh, wonderful! This. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this. I think it's a good. I think it was a it was surprisingly how how this movie. I enjoyed it. No, yeah, no. I mean, Gina and I we watched it last night. Um, did not we watched it on Disney Plus? You got to pay that subscription, people. Of course. And we did not like it. I mean, like Gina said, there were some moments that she liked. There were some moments that I liked. But overall, as a film, it was muddy, uh, tons of plot holes. No character was good in this film but Emma Stone. That is my opinion. Like, I mean, this movie is not good. And I'm shocked because Craig uh, Galepsi, Galepsi, is that you said? Sure. I mean, he's done, he's done Lars and the Real Girl. One of my top probably 100 films of all time. Um, and then what was the other one he did recently? That I, I Tanya. Like, I Tanya, which we reviewed I Tanya, and I loved I Tanya. So um, I think he kind of missed the ball on this one. Um, I didn't like right off the bat. We start off with Cruella uh, in the 60s as a little girl. And she already has the black and white hair right off the bat. I, I, I don't like that. I don't like she was born with the black and white hair. Uh, to me, that's just it, – it may not be a huge gripe to a lot of people. By all means, I'm not a 101 Dalmatians like fanboy. But just to be like, hey, you know, Cruella was born with black and white hair. That's the way she's going to be. That's her true self. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> come on. Just stop it. I, it's just to stop. Oh, come on. You didn't like buy that whole thing? No, no. It's, I didn't it's... like anything of the kid. I'll tell you no. what. Again, going into it with, with this expectation, 
what I got out of it was a unique character in this. This character would have worked the same way if it wasn't a Disney film or if it was like a superhero or supervillain movie. You know, if it was like an X-Men or something like that too. The build was the same. The budget on this movie, obviously that, that Disney cash really came through on the camera and it just, there was a lot of detail. I think it was just very well done and I enjoyed the world that I was in throughout this okay. entire movie. Okay, you enjoyed the world? I was confused. Because, I mean, we start in the 60s and we get this Cruella, um, what's her name? What's she, she, she calls herself Stella, right? I'm oh, sorry, Estella. Estella, yes. Estella. Is. And it's her and her mom and she's in this child boarding school thing. She's always in trouble, always picking fights. And eventually she gets expelled and her mom's like, hey, you know. I got to do something, you know, and then she tells Corella to stay in the car. And then her mom's talking to this very rich people in this fancy ball. And then her mom gets killed by Dalmatians. Now, I say that because we'll talk about what happens later. But it's just like, oh, that was my first reaction when the mom was talking to the mysterious figure on the balcony and the Dalmatians are chasing Cruella as a little girl. And the mom gets gets like like these three Dalmatians are chasing her. And then they change course and they run towards the mom and they jump at her. And it frightens her and she falls into the abyss up to the ocean. And I was like, is that why she hates Dalmatians? Really? I mean, wow, we're going there. Okay. Well, here's the thing about that. I I agree. It seemed kind of like a, a bit of a, you know, of a throw, I guess, uh, if you wanted to call that. But she really, during all of that, continued to blame herself. She didn't necessarily blame it on the Dalmatians and let her, you know, this hatred stew for a breed of dog. She blamed herself throughout this entire movie. In fact, uh, besides that, there may have been only one other reference to the canon later on of 101 Dalmatians, where she suggests skinning them. That's right. And then, then that's really a, a, about all the reference that we get besides the introduction of other characters. Which which makes no sense of why she would go that route. But I guess we'll find out in the sequel, right? Because she has no animosity towards Dalmatians. I mean, these three Dalmatians were in her London flat in the middle of the movie. I mean, so it, it just... It, it, it makes no sense, and, and it, there's there, there's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, but I don't want to jump the gun. But at this point in time, when the mom gets killed, I'm just throwing my hands up saying, okay, this is real. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> this Come is on. an exaggeration. So in this beat, very much like witches, I, I'm seeing just an exaggerated, or like Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events. I'm seeing like this cartoony, exaggerated world that's painted for me already with the hair color, with the Sia type hair that the young Estella has. That's I'm you know that's what the bar has been. A movie set expectation and met the expectations throughout the entire that seemed to, uh, throughout the entire movie. That seemed to be an issue that we've had with other movies that we've done this year, where a movie tries to be one thing through an introduction, but ends up being another thing. It tries to be serious, but ends up being funny, you know, or tries to be funny and ends up being weird. It's this movie completed what it was set out to do. I think I'm curious, however, just, just as you are, it, why Disney chooses to melt this IP so much in Cruella too, 
we have again a villain who's going to kill dogs and not just dogs but puppies right i mean like so why are we i mean I, this is clearly she's, a killer. she's an animal like she's going to kill them and skin them and make a coat like uh, i mean stranger things have been seen i guess by children well, I mean, I can clearly see what they're doing. He's like, hey, we don't got anything right now, so let's remake everything in live action. Because right now, all I'm seeing on the, all the movie forms that I follow, because a little bit behind the scenes here for the fans, I'm the fucking like nerd guy who reads this shit like two years in advance while they're filming. And this morning, as we're recording, I've already seen set photos released of the little mermaid when she is like uh the live action little mermaid when she's in her rags when the prince meets her can, and you, send, like, can you send those to me i mean sure i can it's not yeah i'm, it, it's, it's, I'm excited for the little mermaid i'm to see what they i'm do. not because already because already right right here prediction just like predicted cruella you're going to hear here fans first fans this little mermaid movie is not going to be good it's going to be as good as the aladdin remake well, let's let's go on with Cruella. I mean, this is Joker, right? I mean, like I mean, like this is we're going to. Hey, what's really popular right now? Well, I don't know. Joker was really really huge. They're definitely going to make a sequel, and it's celebrating a bad guy. Well, who do we got? Cruella. Let's let's do that. That's what it kind of felt like to me, and it kind of hit some Joker beats, if you will. Um, but after the mom dies, you know, little Corella goes to this fountain and she meets uh, Jasper and Horace as young kids. And boom, now she's a thief with a heart of gold. And they are thieving all through their adolescence. And we jump from 1965 to the 70s, but we stay in 1965 because the fashion, the hairstyles, the cars, everything, including the music. The main music was all 1960s, even when she was an adult, which I know probably didn't piss you off, but I complained about that the whole fucking movie. It it was noticed. I don't know if complained is a word that I would use for you, but it was definitely noticed, the soundtrack, uh, especially the covers that they would do. There's a lot of Beatles in this. I heard some Doors. You know, it's there was a good mix of songs that they used from the decades. So you can't hate on on that too much the jasper and horace introduction is that they're going to be kind of like uh, you know the artful dodger and uh oliver twist here the the orphan gang that runs the streets with their schemes are also joined by their dogs right winks and uh that other fucking dog that's not as cool but yeah i don't know the dog name yeah it, it's okay and it they they just kind of run you know, and fun little little heists and and gigs in in downtown London. It's it's fun. You know, they're is they're like they're likable criminals, man. I mean, we kind of yes, it is. No, it's not. This is this is because stealing is, is wrong, Jordan. Is that why? Because you obey the rules. Is that why? Absolutely not. Why do we have to have Go a clean film, fun, Jordan? Following no. Why do we have to have a film that's following the making of a hero or the making of a villain that's iconic? And we have to be like, oh, well, you know, Cruella meant Jasper and Horace when she was a kid. Fuck you. Like, come on. Like, just why can't Jasper and Horace just be dudes that she hired, like in the original movie? Like, uh, why do we have to go? They've been friends all along. Well, it's Dis Disney doesn't like having solo uh, heroines. They, they need to be paired with men as per usual. I guess. 
I, I'm sure, but it, it, it's it's stupid to me. Fuck, even this. Frozen had a man. Right? I, I Right. I, I, I just, it, at this point, the kid Cruella stuff, I'm furious with. I'm furious because it's like her mom's killed by Dalmatians. So at this point in the movie, I'm like, that's why she hates Dalmatians. And we find out later, but at this point. And at this point, when she's a kid and she meets Jasper and Horace, I'm just fed up. Like, come on, just stop it. Just come on. It makes it easier. They are the excuses because they're, and they're also comic relief. Obviously, Horace is the, the lovable goof. Jasper is the, the kind of the sensible opposition to to Corella, the one who notices the change. The you know, kind of the observer. Uh, of the team, and it it just works out because again, this is probably made for younger audiences, and this is just kind of easy to understand. You know, this is kind of. Sure. I guess that that that's what I got from from as I was watching it that I wasn't expecting a whole lot from it, and just to kind of it got whimsical because of obviously the stuff the stunts that Cruella would pull. We're we're at a stage right now in this movie where she's grown up with the orphans, and but her real dream is to become a fashion designer because why not? Because that's that's what Corella is. And is that what she is in the actual One Hundred and One Dalmatians movie? That's what she is. I well, I mean, either way, she's rich, successful, and wants to make a fur skin coat from Dalmatian puppies. Okay, so because it's been a long time since I've seen the original movie, and I had a lot of questions, and since you brought that up... Did you read the book wiki that I gave you? No, I skimmed it over, but the book's different than the movies, of course. I mean, like, Little Mermaid is really, really dark compared to the Disney movie. But I haven't seen 100 Dalmatians probably since early 90s when I was a kid. So my question to you is, if your memory, because I didn't go dive, I didn't dive deep into this. I dug deep. Do, do we know any history from Cuella DeVille in that original movie at all? I don't think that the book gave us much. They gave us, let me take a look here. They basically set up the usual parts. Uh, she has an estate of Hell Hall. Um, she's more trying to buy them than chase down after them and grab and, and you know, um, do that sort of thing. Uh, here we go pull up this thing so i i don't think it's too far off it's just again a character originally written with not a whole lot of points to her and so they're able to add in and fill all of this extra stuff you know uh, her being an orphan her being friends with jasper and horace her ha having motive uh for hating dalmatians and being a fashion designer they can put that in there because it wasn't already said before mm. okay so bullshit gotcha all right so you know, she's going to hide her true self, and she's going to be she's a Stella. A, she's a wealthy woman that she married a furrier. A furrier? Furrier. A furrier. So different than the sexual. And is, a, and is obsessed with fur clothing. Okay. All right. But, all right, so now we get into the part that I'm excited for. Uh, she's going to dye her hair because she doesn't want this. This look of the red and I'm sorry of the of the black and white. So she dyes her hair kind of like this dark burgundy red, and now she's Estella, a mousy woman who is unsure of herself, who wants to be a fashion designer, and she finally gets a job. She's not stealing at a local fashion boutique, and she's cleaning floors because you know start at the bottom. God damn it. You guys, Cinderella, you guys start at the bottom. Yeah, 
I mean, that there we go. She's cleaning floors and she keeps on trying to talk to the manager to listen to her, to try to get her ideas. And the manager keeps on uh, just like, yeah, I'm not interested in you at all. I am groaning. I mean, my arms were folded at the credits and it's still folded at this point. I am frustrated with this movie. It, it's, 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 just, it's just hitting the Disney beats. It's not giving me anything that I'm latching onto. I'm not rooting for Cruella. I'm not saying... Well, like, you know what's like, going to happen sure, next. Sure, maybe. At this point, no, because I'm just like, oh, I did not expect that her mom was killed by Dalmatians, so therefore that's why she hates Dalmatians. You knew exactly, because after that part, there's the big day when, or when she gets drunk or whatever and redoes the, the front display window, and then, of course, it's the same day, and it's too late because the Baroness is coming. And so they have no choice but to leave it up there. And of course, it's just set up very well in unoriginally, I guess, where she comes in and says, who, oh my, who did that display? I must hire her immediately type of thing. And then from there, it was pretty much a, a story that we've heard before. Right. Now, repeat. is it a fault on Disney? If I was in charge of Disney, I would say... Well, they would say, okay, who's playing the Baroness? And I would say, oh, Glenn Close, because she was Cruella. Glenn Close needs to play the Baroness. Why they didn't cast her? She's a producer, but why didn't she play the Baroness? I have no idea. Uh, that, that was a bad choice. Did you I hate this really? Character. Did you not okay. like Emma? You didn't like Emma Thompson, huh? I did not like Emma Thompson. Like I said, dude, everybody in this movie is dog shit, in my opinion. Besides Emma Stone, God damn, and, dude! You, I, I, we gotta talk later on, Jordan. I think you become like a cynical uh, asshole mm. in your old age, and you just and you just hate everyone and everything. No, I just, I just, I just, I just wish this movie was more. I'm like, I know this is the Disney movie, but you're making a movie about a villain, so I'm not expecting Joker, but I'm expecting Joker light, and I didn't even get that. You know, like you know, like I didn't get the light version. I got the Disney version, which I guess shame on me because this is a Disney movie, but I'm expecting some weight. We only get weight towards the end of the film, which I'll talk about, which is where I stood up with my wife. She was sitting me sitting down looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, give her an Oscar. This is great performance, but that's later. I mean, at this point in time, when the bareness comes in, I'm like, God, I wish this was fucking Glenn Close. You want to be clever and cheeky, then be clever and cheeky. Let's get Glenn Close in here. She's the Baroness. Oh my God, guess what? You're fired, but now you're hired and you're going to work for me now. And now she's making these clothes and she's becoming one, uh, do you say the right-hand man of the Baroness, you know, to to get into this world of fashion. Sure. Until, until the MacGuffin comes in where she notices that the Baroness has this red jewel necklace around her neck. That her mom had originally that sh that Cruella lost when she's being chased by the Dalmatians when she was a little girl. So the Baroness has stolen her necklace. So now the movie changes into the second act, to where Cruella needs to steal the mat, uh, steal the uh, steal the red jewel. Yeah. Uh, so we so get a, a heist planned from these, and you're saying you didn't like this mm. this Mission Impossible type uh, heist that they were doing. No, 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 because because I've seen this before, and what I mean by I see this before is I've seen this scene before. Like it was, hey, we got to come up with a heist to steal the necklace. Okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and then the film cuts to where 
They're talking about the plan while the plan is going on in real time. And then we cut to, you know, this ball, this black and white ball, and boom, you know, the Joker makeup is on. Estella is no longer Estella. She's now Cruella, and she has the mask on. And the Baroness cannot even tell that that is Estella. It's just laughable to me. Laughable. <laughs> and just because, just because she has white and black hair, and the Baroness is like, well, you know, you're going to get arrested soon, but let's sit here and chit-chat about your fashion. And while that's going on, we get the buffoons of Jasper and Horace, you know, like, oh my God, there's rats and they're, and they're, and they're fucking with my, with my video here. So, oh, we're going to get caught. And here, here's a little, here's a little fun thing where, you know, the dog is dressed up as a rat. <laughs> I did, I did laugh at that actually. Okay. I mean, this movie's The Witch. And if you remember, and if our <laughs> fans go back and, and listen to that review, I was very critical on that too. Um, and, you know, boom. Now we get Cruella is out. She's this fashion designer. She's new. She's hip. She's sexy. Ooh. And uh, what happens do, next? Doing a great job of describing this. <laughs> Come on, tell me this isn't true. This is what happens. She has this this alter ego. She's been holding back and told to believe that this wild side that got her kicked out of school as a girl is no way to behave and that she needs to become something else. She needs to be quiet and be friendly and smile and do whatever the hell her mom told her to be. The nicest woman who ever lived, woman that uh, was her mother, that raised her, I guess. And so she did that as a Stella. Um, but, again, that point where the Joker comes out, if you wanted to say, which I, I can't disagree with you there. I mean, it's a solid comparison. But at the same part, that you know, this is a Cruella character who's maybe inspired by, but she has a thing. She comes out, and she's like this fashion villain who is like the, the Joker, basically, or the Batman, or whatever, the alter ego, the alter, the nemesis, damn it, uh, to Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's like this reigning fashion queen and is kind of like this supposed to be like this conservative look, whereas Cruella comes in with this punk rock kind of spunky attitude, new wave fashion, and it works. And uh, I thought the gimmicks were fun. You know, it, it was, again, I expected kind of cartooniness. It's just kind of, I told you what, where my level of, of watching this movie was. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, another thing too, and maybe I'm just biased because Paul Walter uh, Hauser, if that's, I'm saying that right, we've talked about him before because he's a Michigan boy, uh, but he's, he's, he's having a hell of a, hell of a season, man. This dude's in everything. He's crushing it. Same with Joel Fry. He's been in a lot as well, too. Uh, the guys Paul who played Jester. Okay. Yeah. Paul uh, yeah. Walter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God! Yeah, he, that's right. He was an I Tanya Super Troopers too. Okay, yep. Yeah. And then uh, who's Black the Klansman. bald guy? The bald guy. That's Mark Strong. Okay, well, I knew the bald guy was going to be cool because of his role in Kingsman. So I was like, okay, because I haven't pointed that to my wife. I was like, oh, the bald guy—that's Kingsman. And she was like, what about him? And and she was like, oh, she figured it out before I did. She was like, oh, he's he's definitely good. Well, he did play the villain in Shazam. Fuck Shazam. No, fuck you, Jordan. 
<laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like, dude, wh- what we're gonna get, and it kept on bringing me back to it, and I don't know if I can explain it well enough for you to agree with me or not. But then for the for the rest of the second act, we get the Baroness uh, doing her fashion shows and her public presentations, and then Cruella comes in with her fashion and her like big, you know, tada! It kept on reminding me of fucking uh, Now You See Me. That yeah, movie. sure, sure. It's exactly reminded me of that, and I'm just like, no, like I've seen this before. You are not giving me anything new. This Correct. is Cruella. This is a villain who we don't know anything about really for decades, and you're going to give us something new and fresh on why she was such an evil bitch in that fucking movie. Well, was she born evil bitch? Was Hitler born Hitler? Tell me why she became this evil bitch. But no, we're getting her just uh, just going to fashion shows and writing her name on fucking neon saying Cruella's here. And then she goes to Anita Darling, which my wife is like, oh, that's a big deal. But then she later explained to me that Anita Darling is the name of somebody from 100 Down 1 Dalmatians. That's not this character in this movie, but she's just the same name. And that is the character in this movie. It is. Okay. Because okay, of the after credit scene, which I'm guessing you did not watch. I did not watch. We turned it off as soon as it was over with. Who's Anita Darling? Tell me who this is. Anita Darling and Roger are the couples in 101 Dalmatians that are married with, uh, in the movie, it's Pongo and Perdita. Uh, so they are the, you know, they get together because their dogs get together. Um, so at the end, you had a, a, a shot where Cruella, I think, gifted a puppy to Anita Darling. She, gift, he, she gifted Perdita to Anita Darling. And she also gifted Roger with Pongo. Roger was the lawyer, the, uh, the stumbling kind of uh, lost lawyer in this movie, who was the lawyer for the Baroness. So those are the two that have the Dalmatians that have the 101 Dalmatians. Correct. And uh, the movie ends, or the after credit scene ends, with Roger singing the famous piano song in 101 Dalmatians. I'm not going to sing it for you guys. Um, you have to pay extra for that. Yes, you will. It's in Disney. Patreon. Yes, you have to. Uh, okay, so I'll tell my wife that because I'm sure she would like to have seen that. I did not know that. Like The movie was over. With. We stopped it at like 1130, and we're in our early 30s. So like we're like... 11.30, it's bedtime, bud. But, uh, okay, so we didn't know that. But anyway, okay, so Anita Darling is this newspaper reporter, and she, like, knew Corella from that boarding school thing, and Corella comes in, and she's like, hey, I want you every time that I, like, freak out the Baroness's, like, balls and galas and shit, I want you to just keep on typing me up, like, hyping me up, Instagram me before Instagram was a thing. And Anita Darling's like, all right. And that's just what happens in the second act. That that's all that happens. And I'm just like I'm I'm bored. Like I mean, like this movie is a chore. It's just it's just hitting the beats. It's not doing anything new. Besides, in the first ball, when Coella first shows up, oh, we got a joke. The whole point of that heist was to steal that red jewel necklace, but one of the Dalmatians eats it. So the bumbling fool and his friend need to make sure the dog shits. Not American Wedding rings a bell, as this one recent movie I've seen in the past few years that that happens in. I just, it's nonsense. Oh, man, the dog needs a shit so we can get the fucking necklace. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I wonder, the three Dalmatians, I wonder if it's giving a nod to the actual book, 
were the there were three main Dalmatians. Pongo, Missus. I I I feel like I'm saying that name wrong. Pongo, Missus, Missus, uh, and Perdita. So I wonder if they're because the, those three Dalmatians are in the book. I wonder if those three Dalmatians in the movie are kind of tipping the hat to that little little Easter egg for you there, Jordan. Sure, I guess. I mean, I mean, Eric. I mean, you can tell at this point in this movie. I'm checked out. Like, yeah, you uh, sure are. Like again, <laughs> like a kid for the thousandth time. If it wasn't for a movie, guys, I would not be seeing this movie. So like, again, I, I I would compare this. In that case, Jordan, I'm going to tell you right now. We're going to be watching In the Heights next week, everyone. Jordan's favorite variety of movie is the musical, and we thought we'd keep it going with Whitland Well Miranda's special. I'm joking, Jordan, but you should watch it. <laughs> I'm not going to. I, I was going back to saying that this movie, I can get easily compare it to a origin story for a comic book movie. Easily. Mm-hmm. It played out like that. Even the the production or the camera movement was playful like that. I'm talking like some comic book type, you know, like Sin City, uh, uh, um, Scott Pilgrim-esque type movie stuff, you know, where you're in kind of this... Uh, uh, um, What's another one? Sweeney Todd, kind of like this this darker, grim world of of play, and I think they did a good job of it. You're right; it was simple, and all of this was not original. And you could guess everything that, and it, we did everything that happened. You could guess what was going to happen next because you've seen it before. And I guess when that happens, I was able to kind of focus on the actors a bit more. Because in that part, I know that everyone, as an actor, they're playing. You know, like you, you, you're in this 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 fantasy world. You have to play, and I want to see how they do it. I think that's where certain characters, like Emma Thompson, really shined, and or, or Emma Stone for that matter, of, of course, or the guys who played Jesper and Horace. Everyone actually was able to play a character. Maybe not Mark Strong, because he kind of plays that same character in every movie he does. You know, but. I, I that's what I like to to kind of see is people having having fun and looked like they were having fun in this movie. Did that not kind of rub off on you? I know you you, you sound like you're kind of sitting there just hating everything about the the story of it, but did it seem like they were they were having fun to you in this movie? No, I mean not at all. <laughs> I, 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 not at all. I, look, look, you know, you know, fuck me. For yeah. going here and, and expecting something beautiful and wonderful about uh, Ooh, not saying uh, that. Well, hold on, now. hold go on. Ahead, go ahead. Fuck me for thinking this is going to be something wonderful and beautiful, and thinking I'm getting a uh, I'm going to get a villain origin like the Joker. I knew I wasn't going to get the Joker because it's not rated R. This is for kids, so I'm not going to get like this deep dive psycho analyst fucking like movie about how does a guy turn into a murderous clown. I get that, but. I was expecting with Emma Stone and from the stills and the posters and all the set release that I've been like foaming at the mouth for for a year. I'm just like, oh, my God, perfect fucking casting. She is born for this role. I couldn't believe it. I never would have thought of it in a million years. I'm excited. This is my same reaction, Eric. If you remember years ago when we reviewed Beauty and the Beast with uh, with Emma Thompson, right? No, no, what's her name? Emma Thompson. Uh, fucking Harry Potter bitch. Hermione Granger. What? 
Hermione, who fucking who fucking played Belle. Emma Beauty Watson. Emma Watson. Thank you. I was like, oh my god, Emma Watson as Belle. That makes total <laughs> fucking sense. And the movie fucking sucked. I had to think of her name too. Uh, fucking <laughs> fucking Beyonce as as uh, Nala for Lion King. I was like, oh my god, Beyonce as Nala. Like, okay, that makes sense to me. This is going to be good. And she was a throwaway character. I'm just saying that I was hoping that I would get more of an ensemble piece uh, of characters that I cared for. I was hoping to get uh, an actual decent story because Disney slash Pixar is known for making some deep, heartfelt movies with great imagery up comes to mind. So it's like, come on, you can do this, but this is cheap. This is this is just a this is just a Saturday night movie quality to me. This is cheap. You're not giving me anything good. Oh sure. Uh, uh, you know what? Here's the here's a theory that I I can share with you right now, is that Disney's big sellers have been and usually are taken from outside the company, you know, or from something that they absorbed that was you know like some John Lasseter shit, and they're just like, oh good, and we'll just milk that cow for all it's worth someone else's ideas. Disney's not good at doing their own. And the example can be shown in all of the straight-to-DVD sequels that they do. We have like a continuation of the Beauty and the Beast series. We have Little Mermaid. What's it? How many? Two, three, four, there's five? There's four of them total. I know that because I have a four-year-old. <laughs> you, you know, like there's a, there's uh, Mulan, Frozen. They all have continuations of straight-to-DVD movies. There's more of those. And this Cruella movie is basically like one of those movies. Right. And again, I, I, it's just copying kind of the same. It's an origin story. You know, it's easy to, to do. You just kind of, we've talked about following the checklist before. And this movie does exactly that with some hidden twists and turns. Uh, the, the twist at the end where okay, we fine. find. Yes, let's talk about that. Yes. Yes. At the twist at the end is that we find out that uh, this whole Devil Wears Prada relationship actually goes more when we find out that uh, Cruella, Estella, is actually the daughter of the Baroness. We find this out after the Baroness tries to kill Cruella by tying her up in a chair and burning her alive, thus framing Jasper and Horace uh, for the crimes that they put them in jail. Um, but through the locket, the necklace, that Mark Strong, I guess, has a change of heart for, and I guess he followed a dog around and picked up out of their poop because he said he thoroughly bleached it. There's a key inside this necklace that unlocks a box that he has that has the birth certificate proving that Estella is indeed the daughter of the Baroness. And we get okay. a sad story about the Baron and the Baroness. Okay, fine. So let's talk about that. Okay, so I call bullshit right at that point because it's like, wait a minute. Cruella was the daughter of the Baroness? Who didn't see that coming? Because they're the same fucking person. But that's okay. So we're going to find out that, you know, the Baroness, you know, was married to a Baron and they got pregnant and she didn't want to be pregnant. And then when she gave birth, she told the bald guy from Kingsman, take care of it. And then he couldn't kill the child. So he gave it to the sweetest, gentlest, kindest woman, a maid, and said, take care of this kid. So this woman lied to, to Cruella from the ages of birth till 10, we'll say. And it's like, no, I'm your mom. But then we find out, you know, that the Baroness didn't want anything to do with it. And then, boom, the big, big twist reveal is that the Dalmatians 
didn't kill her mother, the Baroness had the dog whistle. So when they were trying to chase down Cruella at the age of 10, the Baroness blew the dog whistle and the Dalmatians went and attacked the pseudo-mother. And I'm rolling. I'm rolling in my fucking seat. I am I am ready to turn it off. <laughs> like I'm just I'm I'm just there. I'm just I'm just like, wow. Okay, so you guys are just going to this ridiculous this ridiculous plot, this convoluted plot. You're gonna go with this. What happened to the Baron? Did they say anything that happened to the Baron? He said he withered he said he withered away. He after... withered away. What does that mean? He, I don't know. He probably just lost the will to live. I don't know. That, that that's kind of a fairy tale type of thing where it's just like, oh, and the king just died because of a broken heart or mm. whatever the, the fuck it is. But either way, like the shocker of this is, is that the Baroness ordered the death of that daughter. She said, "Take care of it." She did it kind of in that in that gangster ass way, you know. Hey, take take care of the baby, you know. I was like, "What?" And like, "What do you, madam? What do you think that? What are you asking me?" She said, "What do you think it means?" You know. Mm-hmm. Kind of did the thing. Yeah, and it's just it's ridiculous. You know, before we get into the actual ending, ending, I, I was just I was thinking to myself last night before I fell asleep. I'm just like, how would I have retold this movie and don't have any connection to anything? Just have Cuella be like Heath Ledger's Joker. Just have her come out of nowhere to be this to be this fashion guru, this fashion icon that just kind of just turns the fashion industry upside down and become this like badass chick. And have some, you know, bullshit here and there or whatever. But to have this whole thing to be this convoluted, connected plot of, I thought you were my mother, but you're not my mother. But actually, this woman's my mother. It's just, it's nonsense. But I will say where I stood up, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I was, I, I was literally clapping, and Gina looked at me like I was weird. I was like, give her an Oscar. Like, great performance ever. This is why I knew Emma Stone would be good as Cruella, is that she was left for dead, she finds out the truth, and then she goes to the fucking fountain uh, where she was found by Jasper and Horace when she was a kid, and she talks to the fountain like it's her mother's grave and just becomes Cruella. It kind of brought me back to the scene of James McAvoy in Split when he's pretending to be one character and why the therapist is constantly fucking agging him on. You can see his facial expressions and his character and his demeanor just change into this other character. Yeah. Perfect acting. That's exactly what Emma Stone is doing here. And I was bought hook, line, and sinker. Like, she started off as Estella, this mousy, like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess to my mom, but as her little speech, her spiel started to go on and on and on, you could see, like, just just something as simple as her eyebrows started to curl in more, and she had this little, like, like this cheeky thing with her mouth that she just started to like change into Corella. And I was bought hook, line, and sinker. Great, that scene makes the movie. That ups a popcorn rating for me just right there. Fantastic to hear, and I can't agree with you more there too. This is uh, a good part of it too, as as weird and as. Uh, I guess conflicted as the character was this again is a movie about a villain. And this was a great reminder of who we were rooting for. This is an anti-villain or I mean, of the anti-hero. This is a villain who obviously we can kind of feel bad for in a way. 
and Emma Stone just does a great job of it. I, yeah, I agree with you. That scene really, really did it. And when she fully commits, and we get like this weird heist at the end where she finds uh, there's a party that the Baroness is throwing, and she gets the guest lists, and in, uh, gets a a her and her the arty guy, the fashion designer, right. to make all black and white costumes to kind of uh, blend her way in through the crowd undetected because everyone is a Cruella. Everyone's wearing a Cruella hair. But they were doing it, I guess, as a, as a memoriam to, to pay respect to uh, the dearly departed, I guess, mm-hmm. which threw the, the Baroness. It still allowed them to pull off this this kind of uh, elaborate heist, which was, which was fun, that also framed her perfectly for, for the murder of Estelle, and um, that was fun too. Yeah, which I was great. I mean, like from the Emma Stone scene where she completely transforms into Cruella, she was like Cruella light throughout the whole movie, but yeah. that's the scene that turned her into Cruella, and I believed her. And everything after that, I was bought hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, where where was this movie the whole fucking time? The two hours and fifteen fucking minutes that it didn't need to be. Like, <laughs> like, 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 where was this? I'm enjoying this. All of that hype and all that excitement and all that like, oh, this is good to be destroyed with the reveal of when the Baroness pushes her off the ledge, the same ledge that her mother died, she falls halfway down and somehow she has a fucking parachute. She she got that in the bathroom. She she got that in the bathroom. They set it up. They gave you the answer. Duffel bag in the bathroom. Fuck you. No. No. Bullshit. It was all a part of the plan. She knew that that the evil bad person would do the same thing, kill her in the same way that her mother did, and push her over the edge. I have a parachute and waiting for somebody. No, this bullshit. You know that then the Baroness gets fucking arrested, and then you no, know, and now somehow somehow she inherits this house because she's the Baroness's actual child, which has no record of her ever fucking existing. But she's gonna have this house, and she's gonna turn into hell. What's it called? Hell House? Hell whatever? Yeah. It's, it's, no. Stupid. Stupid. You had a moment. You had the you had the Emma Stone moment. And Hell you Hall. had uh, Hell Hall. Thank you. You, you. you had that moment and you just threw it away. And, and, and credits roll at that point. And, and Jordan's eyes were rolling. Like, what the fuck, dude? I was not happy with this at all. All right. So that considering in hearing what you liked about this movie, again, I'm going to have to agree with you. That part where she went full Cruella is great. You know, all the scenes were great. There was lightning behind her. It just kind of seemed to be an effect that followed her around. She had this confidence about her that was great that only a villain can have. And I liked it. It was really good. If you wanted more of that, and I, I understand that because we had a long buildup to get to that point, and there was a lot of parts that probably could have been chunked out there, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if it would have gotten the same effect, but, I mean, I guess a good 20 minutes would have made a pretty good difference, even if that, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, all, all the same, I think we got a great performance in that, which I'm sure we're going to get a lot more of in Cruella, too. I think we're going to get more Cruella than Estella in, in the sequel. No, I agree with you because it's already in production. They're ready to go because this movie uh, has been successful in their opinion. A hundred million dollar budget is gross. One hundred eighty million. So they made eighty million dollars right now in this post-pandemic world. That is a win. So 
there will be a two. And, and just like I told my wife, I was like, do you think Emma Stone signed on just to do one movie? No, no, no. Emma Stone signed on to do a fucking trilogy. That's what that, that's what these actresses do. So let's let's see what happens because the third movie is going to end with the start of the Dalmatians. And and my I say to you real quick before we get our popcorn ratings, I'm very good at predictions. You want to know why? I would like to know why. Yes. Okay, so let's go with Bond real quick. When Casino Royale started, I'm a big Bond fanatic. But when Casino Royale started, and I saw that in theaters in 2006, I was with a couple of college friends, film students at the time. I was in film school. And when the movie ended, I said, oh, it's Bond Begins, because a year prior in 2005 was Batman Begins. And I said, however long, and I quote myself, however long Daniel Craig is doing Bond, his last movie is going to be Dr. No. Hence, we're going to be reviewing this year. No time to die is Dr. Fucking No. Why would... It's a good call. How did you know that? It's obvious because it's Bond Begins. It's before Bond with the first movie with Dr. No. The first ever Bond movie was Dr. No. So they're going to make these movies leading up to Dr. No. That's That's just fucking standard thought process of Hollywood. Sure. So, I mean, like, so what's his face who... God damn it. Oh, there we go. Rami Malek. Rami Malek. He, uh, he's, he's playing Dr. No in this movie, just like how they said, oh, no, 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 no. Christoph Wass is not playing Blofeld, but he played Blofeld. So I'm telling you right here, you're hearing it here, just like I said to my film friends in 2006 in the theater of Casino Royale. There are going to be three of these fucking movies, Corella 1, 2, and 3. I don't care the titles, just 1, 2, and 3, Corella. And at the end of the third movie, she's going to get it, – it's going to, to kick off the Dalmatians. That's exactly how it's going to end because that's what Hollywood does. It's pretty fucking simple. We'll see. And I think Pongo and Pretty Perdita were introduced in the end of this movie. So for them to make – well, we'll see. They're going to forget about them. They're going to forget about them. They're going to have Cruella <clears throat> do her own thing, kind of like how Cars 2 – I just watched it recently with Riley. You ever seen the sequel to Cars? Before we give our popcorn rating? Maybe. You ever seen the sequel? Maybe. Okay, so you get Cars, which we all know who's listening to the show what Cars is about. But then the sequel, they're somehow fucking spies for the government, and they go overseas to Europe. And then the third movie, they're like, hey, guess what? We're just going to go back to the racetrack. That's what's going to happen with this trilogy. The sequel is we're going to get Cruella up the ass it's going to be her adventures traveling get into mischief ha 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 she gets her laugh we're all excited for the third movie and the third movie comes and it's going to be the serious one to combine it all together now we're going to know the truth about the baron and all this nonsense all leading up to 100 down one nations you heard it here folks you're here here eric this is going to happen i should be ahead of a fucking studio pay me well, can we get into popcorn ratings then? Mm-hmm. Eric, what's your popcorn rating for uh, Cruella? I enjoyed this movie, Medium Bag. It, I had low expectations to go into this movie, and it it, it completed those expectations. And not to say that it, it fell short of it. I, I just I shifted the right gears to this movie. I knew what it was. I wasn't disappointed with it because my expectations weren't hyped up to a level where I would be disappointed. Um. Disney is kind of having this this run 
of just having kind of mediocre movies. There's not to seem to be anything new. They seem to be milking a lot of their old IPs. That's fine. It's a dizzy thing to do. I said before that this is kind of like one of those Little Mermaid 2 situations and that, that it really is just what it is, um, except they just, it's bigger budget. And boy, was there a big budget in this movie. I mean, it was really t- everything from the CGI dogs to uh, the the grand staircase uh, cut scenes in you know in the, in the hall shots that they had in this movie with with delicate curtains and plants and it was just great a great setup um, I, I just enjoyed it all so I thought it was well acted as well everyone who was in it they didn't have to do much they were just kind of playing it just played like a like almost like a stage show you know and I know you know how much I like a stage performance and that's just kind of what it, this felt like you know they had room to to play around there was the attic which was a big attic that they were in kind of the uh, the orphans attic but they had to be in and that was like you know one set and then there was the baroness's house which is like kind of another set you know they they were able to kind of keep it familiar in their world building um it was a simple movie and it was enjoyable for that matter it was it's for the family it's for kids i i enjoy it that's what it's medium back i can't wait to see the sequel you know, uh, actually, this is going to surprise you and probably the fans throughout the rest of this. A large movie, bag, Jordan? That's crazy. Oh, extra large. No, I mean, like, Cruella gets a medium bag for me. I actually forgot about the CG dogs. I actually brought that up to my wife when we were watching it. I'm just like, are those dogs CG? Are you fucking kidding me? We're there now in movie making? Like, you put a real dog, like, CG? All right. Um, but I'm giving a medium bag just from... This is how impactful it was to me as the viewer. It's a medium bag because of her fountain performance, if you want to call it that, all the way into the fucking bullshit um, parachute. Like, I, I, I thought that was absolutely amazing. I will go to YouTube multiple times, multiple, just to watch that scene of the fountain. It, it was just that good. It was just that good. Um, and I love actors who are acting. They're playing. These are not their real selves. Giving themselves into a role and believing into their characters and actually diving deep into it. That's what I studied in film school, and that's what I'm so interested in. And that's what just like gets me going. That's you know, that's with the blood flowing. It's just seeing actors just do something above and beyond, and that this is so amazing. Um the rest of the movie I thought was this absolute shit for lack of a better educated word. It was Jasper and Horace meant nothing to me. Um, I did not like the Baroness. I didn't like, uh, the other guy did the fashion thing. You said his name earlier. I, I, I just didn't care. I was here to see Emma because she was Cruella and she was. So I'm, I'm giving a medium bag because Emma stone from all the reviews that other people have written, that you who are listening has probably read already. But that's why you're listening to the show. Um, Emma is amazing. She is born for this role. I can't believe it. I'm excited. Good job. Her performance at the fountain was amazing. But the plot holes, the stickiness, the lack of character development, sitting the same, uh, uh, hitting the same notes, the same beats, movies that I've seen time and time again. It doesn't add anything new to me. It it, it doesn't deserve a small because of some of the great moments, but medium for me, just because there are a fraction of good moments that keep me wanting to watch those scenes. So medium back across the board. Not bad. You got de-stress before you watch these movies, man. 
Well, hey, Leo, you know what? Certain hosts back in the day of Movie Guys Podcast has said that I'm very hard to please. I am, Eric. Like, I mean, I I go into a movie expecting, like, like especially the movie next week. I'm not expecting anything great, but I'm expecting something. And I hope that the movie does that for me. Because I'm the kind of guy that if a movie says something to me, I'm going to watch that movie uh, uh, like a million times. Like, I don't, I don't know how many times it's in the Alien franchise. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen a movie of this or that or this or that because it says something to me. A movie that doesn't say anything to me, I'm just I'm not going to waste my time with because it's not giving me anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Space Jam 2, Fast 9 is coming up. Uh, oh Venom, 2, uh, Venom 2. Venom 2. That's interesting. We'll see I never thought. Halloween Kills. Let's actually end the show with Venom 2 real quick. I never thought in a million years that that would actually happen because we saw Venom in theaters. My wife and I did. We reviewed it in Movie Guys. So if you go into our uh, archives, you will see that we reviewed Venom. Um, I did not think we would get a sequel. I thought that end stinger with Woody Harrelson for Carnage. I was like, oh, that would be great. That will be amazing. That's never going to happen. Well, you know, egg on my face. It's happening. And I'm really excited to see what Woody Harrelson's going to do uh, for, for Carnage because that's a character that I've been waiting for for a very long time to be on screen. Those like, movie leaks that I, I had sent you too, I'm excited for that No Sudden Moves movie. I found the new word on the internet that I've been practicing that I enjoy called uh, that we are in the, the, the presence of the Renaissance, nice. the return of Brennan Fraser. Nice. I actually learned a new word myself today. You know what that is? What's that? Bussin' bussin'. <laughs> what is that a word? Yeah, no, man. That's what that's what Gen Z kids say nowadays. They're like, "Oh man, that's bussin' bussin'." I was like, "What the fuck? What?" And we were like, using yeah, that in like the two thousands. Didn't we just call it bussin'? They're just saying it once. No, it's bussin' bussin' now, bud. It's like Fortnite bussin' bussin'. You know? Oh, like a Fortnite bus? That yeah, bussin' bussin'. Oh man, I thought. Oh, in the 2000s, they were saying bust, busting, like busting, like busting some heads. No, 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 bust. Uh, yeah, no, it's a thing. Also, like, she and all that shit. I'm cool. I'm hip. I'm what a dad. What the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm a is dad. This, is this TikTok? Is this what this, this is? That's it. That's, 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 that's. So, anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys podcast. I'm sure you don't want me to drag on about my dad jokes because I got tons of them because I am a dad. But make sure to check us out at podcast at podbean.com, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and our Heart Radio, wherever you get your podcasts, we are on. Also, check us out on all the social media platforms. We constantly update on the also on Twitter as well. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the most awesome, to this most recent episode today. I can't talk anymore because I'm done. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. And Eric and I will be next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night. <laughs>